step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's remove tariffs. Let's remove duties on this. I believe if you join this together with maybe some form of grant for this industry, I believe it will actually do, uh, do us more good. Welcome and thanks for taking the time to join us on All on Hub's podcast series. My name is Frances Udupu and I am a business advisory associate for the All on Hub, responsible for programmatic and strategic support for energy enterprises from early to growth stages of business. A little bit about All on before we dive into what will be a very fascinating conversation on financing in the sector. All On is an off-grid energy impact investment firm seeded by Shell Nigeria. And our aim is to meaningfully bridge the significant access to energy gap. And we do that in three dynamic ways. Providing debt and equity investments at a range of sizes, enabling finance facilities that leverage capital for the off-grid sector, and fostering a supportive business and regulatory environment for companies to thrive. And on that last bit, that's exactly why the All On Hub exists. So the All on Hub is our approach to fostering a supportive business um, environment for businesses to thrive. And we do that with support from the Rockefeller Foundation by providing non-financial support and building the capabilities of businesses across several business stages, ideation, angel, growth, and market stages of business in Nigeria. So on to our guest. I can't wait because this is like the brain of our team. (laughs) He's like, wait, what? But I'm excited to have him on his first episode of the podcast. His name is Tolu Walashe Ayani. I call him Tolu. And he is an investment professional on the All on Hub team. He provides financial advisory support to the businesses within our space, the renewable energy businesses within our space and our pipeline. He also conducts due diligence analyzes potential investments, and oversees the performance of our portfolio businesses. He has over five years of corporate and investment banking experience, and he's worked across several companies within the sector, Coronation Merchant Bank, and in corporate banking as a relationship officer. The long and short of it is, like I said, to lose the brain when it comes to ensuring that our businesses can secure funding and receive a holistic form of support in terms of how they can scale and become more investable. So I'm really excited to have Tolu, but I'll have him dive a bit deeper into what he does and why he does it. And we'll go on to several other questions on financing a nascent industry 
the opportunities and the challenges it presents. Tolu, welcome. Thank you, Francis, for, for hyping me. <laughs> My head is about to burst, honestly. <laughs> please, please, not on air. <laughs> Thank you very much. My name is Tolu Walashia, and as Francis said, I'm in investment. So what I do is more of investments, looking at it from both the buy side and the sell side. Um, my experience in investment banking was obviously a sell side, and that's still what I do for Holland. But of course, I still have a little bit of uh, even buy side oversight. I look at businesses and look at them critically and look at how we can actually help them in terms of providing financing and, and investing to them. Sorry, an investment to them rather. So why do I do what I do? It's because I just like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a simple answer. <laughs> simple. And I like the way he put it, the buy and the sell side. I was speaking grammar, oh, holistic, this one. He, basically, he's been on both parts of what it takes to be an investable business and what it takes to invest in a business. So you're the right, the right candidate for today's podcast, right, Tolu? Well, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, we'll jump into the rest of our questions. So, I mean, it's without a doubt that SMEs, startups, ventures play a pivotal role in the global economy, and they contribute to employment, value-added services, innovation, and even economic growth. And it's well-recognized across the globe and also here in Nigeria. So as it stands, even with that realization, as it stands, there still seems, seems to be limited financing or capital in the market for especially businesses within the circular economy or renewable energy businesses. So my first question to you, Tolu, is how would you advise founders in this budding sector, like the off-grid space, to go about securing funding? Is there like a particular strategy? Is it something, are there things that they can do outside of bank lending or bootstrapping? What would you advise? Yeah, thank you very much. I know it's quite tough uh, getting funding and it's been like that for a while. And I think going to the future is probably going to get more difficult. And a little bit of background as to why that is Two years ago, 2021, uh, there was cash in the economy, both, I mean, abroad and even from the U.S. especially. Um, that's because their rates were low, and so investors were looking for where to actually put in their money. So there were a lot of cash in the, I mean, looking for where to, like, to, I mean, to rest. So, obviously, over the past few months now in the U.S., you've seen that um, there's are inflation, and so they've kind of increased their rates to combat it. So there's, I mean, there's competition for funds now. So people will probably prefer to even invest in treasury bills in the U.S. than, I mean, deploy their funds into SMEs that are actually more risky. You can imagine that two years ago, you had people investing massive funds in different projects, different even crypto projects were getting funded, but now it's going to get more difficult. So what can we do or what can SMEs do to actually um, attract funding, especially maybe the guys in the ideation stage or even the growth angel stage? I think one thing you can actually do is to try and position your business very well in a way where they can actually like access funds. Also, you should also try and broaden your scope and your network. It's very, very important. This kind of gives you access to more investors in terms of angel investors, in terms of VCs and all. Then, of course, especially for guys in the renewable energy space, there are a lot of grants in the industry these days. 
you have the REA grants, you have grants from different people abroad. And I think if you're qualified and if you can position your business to show that you can actually like make use of these grants, I believe you'll be able to get some of them. Awesome. So I guess just to get you clearly, Tolu, and yeah. I think this is information that even we should know publicly, as it is you're saying that it will get more difficult for investors to have an emphasis on wanting to invest in startups or ventures. In fact, it seems like there's more of an interest in investing elsewhere is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's getting more difficult. Even the guys who are raising Series B or Series C now are probably raising at a down round. That means that the evaluation, I mean, they're falling. So for them, it's getting more expensive to actually raise um, mm. raise funding. So what people are trying to do is trying to like cut their cost and just to ensure that they have, I mean, a kind of extended runway into the future. So you cut your cost. I mean, that's why you've been seeing people sucking people up and down, mm. people not hiring as much because they know that it's difficult raising capital raise now further. yeah so they're trying to do everything they can to extend their wrong way and yeah yeah that's it yeah hmm. but i guess it almost seems contradictory because we know the impact that startups bring to the global economy but we still kind of are apprehensive about investing in them so my next question to you is what do you think we can do to create more awareness or what do you think can be done to create more awareness in the market in terms of financing more ventures, especially within the off-grid energy space? So in the off-grid space in Nigeria, it's still very nascent. And of course, to create awareness, what we can do is what we're already doing, for example, this podcast, for example. A lot of people are going to listen to this podcast. It's kind of very informative and educative. Another thing is what we regularly do at Holland, uh, workshop, events, you understand? Then aside from even Holland, there are a lot of Guys, you have the USAID, UKAID, Power Africa, GHAB, RF, doing their bit and trying to actually like create awareness in their own little way. I think if we continue like this or even increase uh, the way we do this, I think over time, of course, people will, will come to know more about the upgrade sector and now they can invest or even benefit from it. Okay. Um, so I guess there's hope, essentially. Yeah, there's always hope. There's hope with organizations like Alon, right? Yeah, there's hope. <laughs> Shameless plug. But before I continue, I do want to shed a bit of light because, I mean, internally we use the phrases angel, ideation, growth, market entry. So just for those listening, you'll hear us say that severally. But to shed some light in terms of what those business st- stages entail or what we're saying or what we mean when we mention those stages. Ideas, ideation stage is essentially a concept. And typically businesses at that stage are working to proof their concept and would most likely have no sort of traction in terms of customer base or, or revenue. Then angel stage typically are businesses that have been in operation two years or less. They typically would have a management team and some form of traction in terms of maybe pre-sales or at least there's an identifiable target audience most times they also may have not built traction in the area of financing or revenue or even securing any form of funding or investments to some extent then growth stage of business typically are businesses who are in operation from three years onwards they've secured some form of funding have probably gone beyond seed round or within the seed round are making sales have a more robust team and are a bit more mature than the former two stages and then market entry for us essentially means that you're either a mature business within that that is operational but maybe entering this off-grid sector 
or looking to enter the off-grid sector or a mature business outside of Nigeria, being that our focus is expanding the playing field of off-grid energy, off-grid energy businesses within Nigeria. So you may be a business outside of Nigeria already operating in the off-grid sector looking to enter the Nigerian market. So just a heads up for those listening when you hear us say idea, angel, growth, and market entry. So I want to continue on, um, Toli. This is a wealth of information. And before the, the podcast commenced, I know I spoke to you and told you that a lot of our investees and even businesses who are looking to receive some form of support from All On would be, I see them clamoring to listen to this this very podcast because we're talking about money, which is, I believe, top of mind for many founders, especially in this day and age. So my next question for you is, generally speaking, what makes a business investable? So apart from financing, and I know that financing is important, hence why we're here, what other aspects of investing should entities also be particular about, like functional support, technical support, mentorship, etc.? Yeah, I mean, everything you said I mean, is quite important. But I think I would just start by saying, in terms of whether for SMEs to be investable, number one, people look at your idea. I mean, it's a very, very good idea because there are people just come up with different ideas and they want to raise money. People are going to test your ideas to see if it's actually, I mean, if it makes sense and if it's worth the while. And of course, your idea should actually also show that you have a very good market opportunity. Nobody wants to invest in the business that is only just for you and your family, uh, I mean, at home, you get. So they want to know if it's actually scalable, if you can replicate it at a more, is it global, national level, what it is. So they want to know, I mean, your market sizing, it's very, very important for investors. Then, of course, they want to know the people in your team and uh, your board members is critical. For example, I'll use the case of FTX. FTX didn't have any board member. So as they were busy spending money, there was nobody to keep them in check and say, uh, guys, stop, don't do this, do that, do this, do that. And ultimately, I mean, they failed, you understand? So people are actually wary of investing in guys with experience, guys with integrity, proven experience, proven integrity, people with very, very good board members with experience. I can actually, like, help them when they need help in terms of technical support, even mentorship. It's very important. Then even your partners, for example, like... A company will probably be willing to invest in a renewable company if, for example, their partner is Olon, for example, because they know that Olon provides mm. some form of support in terms of strategy, in terms of legal, in terms of marketing, even advisory support. So they know that these guys are in good hands, you understand? Mm. So these are some things that people look at or investors look at before they invest in the business. So, so I guess what I pick up from what you're saying is there's an importance in terms of affiliation, even at a as an early stage startup that yes. you should strive to make, even to if make, it's not yes. funding related. Yes, yes. Awesome. Fantastic. I think that's such great advice because, like I said, a lot of founders are quite eager to hear about the financing bit of growing a business, which is important. But there are also other aspects that are key to ensuring that your business is investable, to ensure that investors can trust that you'll use the funding accurately yeah. or appropriately. So thank you for sharing that, Tolu. I'm going to continue on. And the rest of the questions are a lot more around your experience working hand-in-hand hand with um, many of the entities that have come through our pipeline here at All On. So what is the most common mistake you've seen entities make when looking to raise? And what parameters can an early-stage entity begin to put in place in order to secure financing as they look to scale? Hmm. Deep question. <laughs> gang, gang, gang. <laughs> All right. I mean, in my experience, some founders don't realize that raising funding takes time. It takes time. Sometimes 
some even some angel rays or even series A rays takes up to a year or even more to close out. So you have to manage your expectations and understand that raising capital actually takes time. And then of course understand how to position your business in a way that you can actually survive if raising capital takes longer than you actually envisage. Then another thing mistakes people make mistake people make is not approaching the right investors. For example, you cannot be somebody who who who, who is a, a baker or maybe you sell bread and approach all on for investment. Probably won't invest because that's not our niche. You get so most people have their niche and they have where they actually I mean invest. Even at Holland, it's not everything renewable we actually invest in. We have our niche which is off grid, basically like, like, like off grid connectivity in terms of yeah connection. So as you know how to actually approach the right investors. And one of the ways by which you can do this is to, like I said, broaden your scope and your network. Go out, meet people, talk to people, go to events, go to workshops. You meet people, you meet investors, and you probably meet the right investors for you. The other thing is your pitch. Your pitch has to be very concise and detailed. You don't have to put too much information in your in your pitch. No information overload. Then also have to have to understand your business very well, and even in terms of financing. I mean, your business, your financial metrics. They can't be asking you questions about your revenue and you don't know. Questions about your about your assets and you don't know. So those things, I mean, have to be in check, and you have to understand those things. Then some founders too tend to make this mistake of um, giving too much equity, giving away too much equity. Rather, you have people that come to you and say and say they want to invest in your company and they want ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, and you're just busy giving them your equity, not knowing that or not or not factoring that in future, maybe in the next one year, two years, you probably still need to raise another series, a series B or a series C. And you still actually need to actually give um, equity, you understand? So you also need to understand your structure, financial structure, and how it might affect your ownership and, of course, even your efficiency as regards how you manage your business. Fantastic. I think those are great pointers in terms of how to secure financing even at an early stage. Now, the thing about pitching, and this is like an in-house joke that we once in a while discuss, but, you know, we have some entrepreneurs who are pitchpreneurs. So you see them on every platform going about pitching. And so my question to you is how important is it to, you you know, using that strategy? And is there a need to cast your net on every platform? Is it like a thing where you're just throwing out darts and trying to figure out where it sticks? Or is there a way to kind of strategize how you go about looking for funding, networking, and getting in the faces of potential investors? Yeah, so it's not only about just throwing pitches out. You even have to understand what is inside your pitch. Understand, understand your business very well. For example, I I, I once had a founder who uh, went to import products, brought it in, and doesn't even understand the target market. Like for example, if you go for a pitch and you're talking to investors, they ask you your target market. They, I mean, they ask you what you need to do to even achieve product market fit. For example, and if you don't know. It doesn't matter how beautiful your pitch is. It doesn't matter how many people you approach with your pitch. Nobody's going to invest in your business because they're not confident in your ability and even your knowledge about the market or even your business. So, of course, I mean, there has to be a strategy as regards how you even pitch. But, of course, aside from that, what's inside your pitch? Everything, I mean, in your pitch, you have to know everything very, very well. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, it goes without saying that there's a level of 
market research that needs to be done even at an early stage um, yes, to be course. clear about why your solutions should exist, what problem it's solving, who it's impacting, even when you don't have any form of traction, right? It's very, very important. Even as regards your competitors, it's very, very important because if, for example, you are playing in the solar arm system space, mm -hmm. there are different competitors there, mm -hmm. and it ranges by even system size. You get you have guys who play in the lower system, lower, lower capacity range, mm. and guys, you have guys who play in the higher capacity range. So you have to understand who you are competing with and what you can actually do to actually stay in the market or even grab a market share. These are things that if you're able to demonstrate to an investor, then they'll be willing to put money behind you and mm. invest in you. Yeah. Solid advice. So understanding the market, understanding who you're trying to impact in terms of audience, yeah. understanding your competitors, and understanding what makes your solution or offering unique. Unique, definitely. Um, fantastic. Sure. That's such great advice. Um, and I feel that you know, from your experience working with early stage entities, you've also noticed that, that it's quite a difficult stage. So, I mean, a, a business can get to the point of understanding their market, having done the market research, maybe even gone to the extent of doing some form of piloting. But we have also noticed, and we've seen this a lot more when ideation stage businesses, so businesses who have proved their concept, they may have maybe a wireframe, a prototype, or some sort of diagram that demonstrates what it is that they want to build or offer. But then when it comes down to securing further funding, we notice that it's very difficult at that stage to demonstrate things like credit worthiness, financial performance, or, or traction, of course, from a revenue standpoint. And it makes them ineligible to receive further funding. So my question to you, Tolu, is what do you suggest entities at that early stage do to better their chances of securing financing to scale without any of this key data? That's a very Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Good question, but it's also a very tough question, yeah. to be honest, because it's quite difficult. And something that we've even seen in-house at Holland, and we've even celebrating on how we can actually help businesses to solve their problem, because... In trying to move from ideation to angel it can be very, very, very difficult. But one advice I'll probably give to businesses is just, I mean, stick to your game. Um, try to, and just do the work. Then if possible, like I said earlier, like broaden your scope and network. Like talk to people, talk to angel investors. They're very, very key at this stage. They are, they'll be willing to back you if they actually believe in your in your model. Of course, another thing is friends and families. Very, very important. So talk to your friends, talk to your families. Like I have a friend who is currently raising funding for his business. For the first stage of capital raise, like the co-edition stage, what he was to talk to us, his friends. Like maybe about 10 or 15 of us and, and told us, okay, fine. Guys, I want to raise capital. I want someone from each of you. He gets so, and that's what we did for him. Actually, give him a little bit of money. Of course, we have, I mean, a little bit of equity to our, I mean, to our name. Very, very small. But of course, that kind of gave him a push and he's now trying to look for bigger investors now to invest in this business. So what you can do is like, talk to people, friends, families, 
angel investors, broaden your scope, broaden your network. And of course, like I always, like I said earlier, really guys in the off-grid space, grants are very, very important. I have a founder that raised a lot of money through grants. And grants sometimes is not just a financial grants. can even be support, can be mentorship, can be different things. For example, like a welcome example would probably help your business and you just invest in your business through saves. That is the payment for, I mean, for their, um, for their efforts. Talk to people. Then don't forsake incubators and um, accelerators. They're also very, very key. They're mm. very, very key. Talk to incubators. Talk to accelerators. I mean, actually help you to even, like, help even create products for your products. And even, like, just create a little bit of um, units that you can actually test the market with. So it's very, very important. Yeah. So good. And it's interesting that our next question will we'll jump a little bit more into forms of financing and different sources of financing. But I do want to touch back on what you said about reaching out to your friends and family. So even on the financing side, I know there's an aspect of raising funds that where you can get friends and family funding or bootstrapping, I think yeah. is the actual term. But I think even on the side of financial performance, a lot of founders negate the importance of just doing the legwork or doing the footwork it takes to speak to your actual or potential customer base. So the name of the company escapes me, but I know that one of our ideation stage businesses that applied to the Angel Stage Challenge in partnership with USADF, in order for them to demonstrate the sort of traction they could produce because they hadn't had a full-fledged solution just yet. So they were looking for the 100,000 USD to eventually build their potential idea or concept. But one of the things I noticed that they did is I think one ran a pilot based on pre-orders. The other ran a pilot based on asking key market questions. So trying to see what the uptake would be like, you know, if the um, solution were to be offered. So I, I really like that you mentioned the strategy of reaching back into your immediate network. And I think a lot of founders miss out on that opportunity looking forward to when they'll be able to reproduce, when they'll be able to mass produce. And a lot of times, like you said, investors are trying to look, they're trying to see what is reliable, what they can hold on to in terms of knowing that you'd make good use of the funding that you're looking for. So my next question is on different sources and forms of financing. So we understand that there are different sources. So there's crowdfunding, there's funding from VCs, angel investors, loans, grants, and then there are forms of financing in the form of debt, equity, convertible, non-dilutive, etc. So using the various business stages we've identified at All On, and I, like I previously mentioned, idea stage, angel, growth, and market entry, are there forms of financing that work best at certain stages? Yeah, to an extent. And I think it also depends on the kind of business that you are doing. Uh, for example, some people have, cap, I mean, they have capex or yeah, like they have businesses that are heavy on equipment, plants, and machineries. You can't compare that kind of business with someone who is just like a service business. So these two guys probably have different options in terms of capital. But in terms of stages, I think for the guys at the early stage, ideation, angel stage, for example, I always advise to keep it simple. So things like just example addition stage nobody probably even knows you so of course grant capital is very very important it's non-dilutive it's not a lot of times it doesn't affect your ownership stake so it's it's, it's just straight grant and you have of course you have equity but be very careful on how you negotiate so that you don't give too much away i mean at the early stage because you know that you're probably still going to raise more capital in future and you still have to actually give more stake away 
So as you grow, yeah, you can now begin to consider the different forms of financing and maybe the ones are not as maybe straightforward, like convertible debt. Convertible debt is also very, very good for guys in the angel stage because um, it's a form of um, um, instrument that converts to equity once you meet certain criteria as I mean, as agreed with, I mean, with the investor. What it does is it helps the founder actually to actually work hard because mm. he knows that if he's able to work hard and he's able to probably meet some targets, maybe revenue targets, maybe some form of targets, I mean, it won't pay uh, interest on the loan anymore and it just convert to equity. So at the early stage, basically, keep it simple. You can use grants, you can use trade equity, you can use saves, you understand? As you grow, you can begin to consider things like convertible debt and maybe as you get into maybe the growth stage, the maybe even the more mature stage, there may be things like maybe bank debt because typically probably charge more more interest rates and mm. there's usually no leeway as regards moratorium on even principal and, and on interest you get. So I mean that's it, yeah. Okay. Fantastic, fantastic advice and I think quite useful even for someone who advises and supports the businesses along the way in terms of giving them some form of information in, in terms of how to look for fi- financing and what types. Um, but aside from capital or aside from financing, we like we previously mentioned, it is safe to say that support is needed along the lines of functional support, mentorship, etc. And over the past few years or so, we've seen tremendous support you know, as it pertains to non-financial supports, catering to the need, the pain points of our renewable energy companies, be something that has been an emphasis or a focus around organizations like ours, even at Shell, Nigeria, Power Africa, as you previously mentioned, GAP, Factor E, SE for All, etc. So a lot of companies and private entities are looking to see how they can cater to the needs of ventures, particularly in the secular economy. So my next question to you, Tolu, is what can we be doing as private entities that have this interest or focus? What can we be doing more of to continue to set these companies up for success? Yeah, thank you. I think it's very important to have like a uh, like an individual focus on these companies because these guys have different um, problems and different issues. So the issues facing company A is different from the issues facing company B. Like I've seen people who their problems or I mean the issues they have is as regards maybe they don't understand their finance uh, part of the business the guys will have um, legal issues the guys will have I mean just different issues I think it should be on a case-by-case basis like look at these businesses talk to them like run surveys talk to them what are your problems and how can we like solve these problems uh, like individually you get so as regards just like Approaching it on a kind of aggregate basis, you get. So, for example, at Holon, we provide marketing, um, provide strategy, provide um, legal services to businesses. I think it's very important for us to look at these guys one-on-one and say, okay, fine, you've been receiving support from strategy. What specific thing is specific to just you alone that we can actually help you out with? What specific issues do you have as regards marketing? I can help you out with what specific issues you have as regards, I mean, financing, as regards legal support that can actually help you out with. So I think it's more than just looking at them from a kind of aggregate or a macro view. I think it should be more micro, looking at them individually and look at how we can actually help them um, improve their businesses. So good. So you're essentially saying that instead of looking at the companies or their pain points as 
an issue that runs the gamut, we should create a methodology around it and attack these challenges or support them with these issues from an informative standpoint. Yeah. Fantastic. And I, like you mentioned, it is something that we are um, currently looking at as a company as a whole at All On and even more so within the All On Hub. And we have seen from our three plus years of experience with several of the businesses that we're currently supporting and have supported that every business has a, a, unique, a need. unique need. Yeah. Um, and so there is a need to create some a, some sort of programming where every need is met to some extent and there's a solution even if it's not derived internally but there is a place that we can point them to or a source that we point them to so i know that so i see the way they look at me we're almost done (laughs) (laughs) i'm loving this conversation because like i said working with the businesses day in day out it's it's quite fascinating to hear some of the challenges that they have but again the challenges are real and when we look at the global economy and even the state of economic affairs here in Nigeria there is a need to point them in the right direction so that there isn't the point is we don't want to have our founders lose hope right um we want them to understand that their businesses matter and that there is impact and there there are solutions derived from their businesses that are helping the everyday Nigerian so in our best way possible, as you know, we're always trying to see how to create solutions or point them to the right sources to receive solutions for their challenges. So I know that this topic, it's been long overdue, and I know that many of our founders and those alike who are supporters of the All On Hub and All On as a whole would be interested in having. So I do want to make sure we get through more of our questions, but I'll probably have you on another time again. <laughs> Because we have to press into this matter. All right. So next question is recognizing the need for better access of SMEs to the capital that is available. So my question to you, Tolu, is what role do you think policymakers in Nigeria play to remove obstacles or impediments around receiving financing? It's, I mean, they play a very important role, not even in the, in the renewable sector, but everywhere in Nigeria. One of the things people face or businesses face in Nigeria is that um, – their revenues is in Naira, and they pay their loans or their debt, whatever it is, in dollars. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a problem that they can't solve themselves. I mean, that's a policy issue. That's something that it's the CBN and all other policymakers, I mean, have to, like, uh, um, 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 look towards. Then another thing I notice is there should be synergy as regards policies. So you can't have a situation where the country says they are trying to um, encourage people uh, upgrade or connection. And REA is busy giving grants to businesses. And when these guys want to import solar equipment, there's duties on it, very expensive. So why not just say, okay, fine, because we want to achieve this, let's remove tariffs, let's remove duties on this. I believe if you join this together with maybe some form of grant for this industry, I believe it will actually do, uh, do us more good. But in a case where there's a little bit of divergence mm-hmm. as regards policy making, then it doesn't go well for the system and, and for the industry. So I think everyone should come together. I mean, they play a very important role. Without them, I think it would be hard to actually survive or to even do business. Right. So they play a very, very important role, all of them, from the CBN, even to the SEC, to the REA, mm. to come together and see, okay, fine, let's have a unified front as regards how I want to approach policy and, of course, decision making. Hmm. So Luby likes to run for office <laughs> with that answer. But I love the fact that you mentioned synergy because yeah. it's along the lines of why All On exists, right? Um, I mentioned earlier that 
fostering a supportive business and regulatory environment is something that we do. And so there is a part of our mandate along the lines of, you know, creating awareness and advocacy to ensure that there is a connection between what's being said legislatively and what's being done on ground as a private entity and communicating that information to our businesses, but also having a contributing voice to what ends up being mandated. So I think that, like you mentioned, there are parts to play from various sides, and it's important that we're kept in the know and letting our policymakers know that these things are important and these are examples on how to go about it because we work firsthand with the entities. Um, So thanks for sharing that. The rest of my questions are really for you and just wanting to get your viewpoint. So you can remove your election speech hats. (laughs) Uh, My next question is, when it comes to financing in the off-grid sector, what would you like to see more of? Any specific type of companies or business models you'd like to see funded? Or, and at what ticket sizes? Yeah, so, well, I mean, we've been seeing a lot of um, solar companies in terms of mini-grids, in terms of um, solar systems, solar energy systems. And, I mean, I, th- I think that's quite common now. And, of course, they've been helping. And, of course, there's still a lot of ground to cover. But it's interesting to see businesses with different um, ideas. Maybe I mean, so the sun is not only or solar is not only renewable energy. We have mm. we have wind. Right. We have even have water these days. We yeah. have geothermal. We have so it would be interesting. I know it can be very maybe expensive or capital intensive some right. of these things. But I think, for example, in Kenya, for example, they use geothermal in Kenya, and that's a form of renewable energy. And what's you that? Get. Can you give us a bit of context? All right, so it's just like heat energy, but it's found deep in the ground. So there's okay. a way they just do it, and they just like try to tap the heat energy, bring okay. it, of course, and convert it with all their machines. Of course, then definitely transfer it to the houses and to the homes, and people can make use of it, really. Okay. So not saying, I mean, that should be what we should actually be doing in Nigeria, but I think if you can have different business models, apart from just solar, and even if you're doing solar, let's have innovative solutions, even around um, even the solar guys. Then, of course, other even enablers, not only just like the core solution providers, payment companies, uh, guys who train, manpower training, things like that. We have, I mean, people come up with I mean, different ideas and models that can actually help the industry scale. Yeah. Fantastic. And I think in terms of the way forward with the All On Hub, some of what you've mentioned is what we are actively pursuing in terms of venture building. So looking at innovate, more innovative solutions, Outside of what we are currently seeing along the lines of solar, yes, like you mentioned, hydro, wind, even electronic transportation, um, water, cold storage, and so on and so forth. And like you mentioned, enablers. So tech-enabled, payment-enabled, and things of that nature. So really exciting times. Nascent, but really exciting times for us. And just looking forward to what's next within the space. Now, before I let you go, Tolu... What do you think it would take? This is a fun one. I think you'll enjoy this question. And I'm looking forward to your answer here. What do you think it would take to have a unicorn come out of the off-grid space, especially in this part of the world? Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, a while ago, funny enough, I was listening to a podcast by um, Chamath and um, Lex Friedman. And they asked Chamath a question. And he, he said the first trillionaire will probably come out from, from this industry, in the transition, Mm-mm. as I said. I know it's quite it's quite a very big it's trillion quite big, with the yeah, T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite hey, big. 
even the guys who are in mobility, the Teslas, all of them are actually even their energy transition to if you want to look at it uh, critically. But it's very, very possible. But it requires a lot of work. A lot of work needs to be done. Support from uh, the government, policymakers, from all stakeholders, from investors. Everybody needs to come together. But of course, it might take a while to see it in, in Nigeria because, of course, it's still a very nascent industry. But of course, it's very, very possible. And the good thing is the space in which we are now, economic space in which we are now, is a space where resilient builders actually make it because there's always this ideology, and it's kind of true, that when there's uh, maybe recession or when there's actually few money chasing businesses, that's when people actually build the best businesses. Interesting. Yeah. So if you look at the Microsoft, the Google, the Apples, they were all built when things were not really doing, I mean, during recession, yeah, okay. recessions, and they've been able to stand the test of time. Again, so this is the time where people can actually like build great businesses. So looking forward to it, but I think it's very possible. Difficult, but of course, very possible. Interesting, very possible, key phrase. And I like that you gave the example of trillion with the T, not billion, trillion. So there's a lot of expectation within this space. So any parting words for our founders? I mean, you've given them a, I would say, a kick or a form of motivation that this is the sector to look forward to and all eyes are on this sector, not even from the continent of Africa, but even in North America or other parts of the world are looking to this this side in this sector. So any parting words of motivation, of encouragement to our founders in the space? Yeah, I know it's very tough um, trying to build a business. It's, it's really, really tough. I've also tried to be, I've, I mean, I've been in my previous life, I used to <laughs> run businesses. You didn't send that one in your bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult building businesses. But I think it's very, very possible to build an amazing business. Don't give up. Know what to do. Be strategic. Be smart about it. And be tenacious. It's very, very possible. And I'm wishing everybody the best of luck. Awesome. And you've heard it from, like I said, the brain of our team. He's wishing you the best of luck. So there's hope. And he sounds very expectant for what's to come within the off-grid space. So again, to our founders out there, to founders-to-be, to... to current operators, developers, and even regulators and those just wanting to know more about the off-grid space. Thank you for listening in to the All on Hubs podcast series. And we look forward to having more conversations with Tolu (laughs) and many of our other guests in terms of what it takes to foster a supportive business environment for companies like yours to thrive. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to an episode on All On's podcast. And we look forward to having you tuned in to our next session. My name is Frances Sudukwu, signing out. Bye.